Welcome, guys. So I gave it a good uh, three minutes so we can start this off. And I thought we should start with um, some news uh, that have come out that are quite startling. <laughs> Let's start with something that I had told you about a very long time ago. Um, and I had talked about a woman who had entrapped people for labor trafficking. I purposely told you Honduras. I purposely told you 40 people because I didn't want to let off where my sources were to know how this was going on. So sometimes misinformation is not all misinformation. It's purposely done for obfuscation. So a report came out saying that um, this woman uh, should not be held accountable because uh, it's, uh, what is it called? Rumors? <laughs> she had 33 people from Guatemala and trapped in her home in the home state of Barack Hussein Obama. And uh, apparently, you know, let's cry racism again. Uh, so that's how things go. Liberal politicians literally... It's like a stop sign. You know You know when you're on a country road and no one's there and there's a stop sign and you're just like, yeah, you know, you do that stop and go thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm really going to stop. It's like the touch and go thing. Well, that's not how it should work with people that have their passports hidden from them that are being labor trafficked for profit. But uh, I guess, you know, liberal politicians think uh, it's the same thing as a stop sign on um, Country Road. Illinois woman pleading guilty to federal labor trafficking charges. She's accused of keeping 33 people from Guatemala in her basement under threat. The woman, a U.S. citizen who came here from Guatemala, says she's been helping people get into the U.S. illegally for 10 years, even providing them with fake ID. She now faces 20 years behind bars. Joining me now is National Border Patrol Council President Brandon Judd. Brandon, thanks for being with us. You know, this is this is so heartbreaking what this woman did. Uh, it's despicable. It's criminal. But how prevalent is labor trafficking in the U.S.? It's extremely prevalent. Um, immigration officers like myself, we have to deal with this on a daily basis. We see people being trafficked into the United States, not just for labor, not just for indentured servitude, as far as uh, paying money going into sweatshops, but we see sex trafficking on a, on a regular basis as well. This is the underbelly of all crime, and it breaks immigration officers' hearts to see the human misery that's inflicted upon these people simply because our, our liberal politicians refuse to enforce our immigration laws. Instead, they treat them as mere suggestions. You know, Brandon, I want to ask you about another story that's in the news. Uh, people near the Calexico border in the south tossing over to the U.S. packages of crystal meth. Um, what does that tell you about the constructed barriers, the walls and fences? Well, it's interesting because I started my career in this in this particular area, in the El Centro Calexico area. And, and when I started my career, we had very few physical barriers, very few walls, and drugs flowed across the, the, the border um, like water. It, it was very easy to get drugs across. They have to resort uh, to extraordinary measures to try to get their drugs across right now simply because the Trump administration is enforcing the laws. They're building the barriers that allows Border Patrol agents 
agents to be a lot more successful um, in dictating where illegal crossings take place. As long as we can continue to force criminal cartels to take extraordinary measures, we can cut down on the drugs that are coming into the United States. Yeah, so the walls work in your judgment, and who knows better than you since that's your career. I do want to ask you about the indictment. Uh, and there, by the way, on the screen, I mean, that just gives you an idea, the drug seizures. Um, but I want to ask you about the two former heads of the Mexican Federal Police Force. They have been indicted essentially taking bribes to help the cartels. Uh, I mean, this is pretty discouraging if you're U.S. law enforcement and Mexican law enforcement as well, right? So one of the most difficult things that we have to deal with is, is we have to create partnerships um, with countries to try to help us um, combat illegal drug smuggling, illegal alien smuggling, sex trafficking, all of these different things that come across the border. And when we find out uh, that, that federal police are in bed with the cartels, it makes it a lot more difficult for us to be able to trust what's, what's happening in other countries, um, to trust the information that we're getting. And it also makes it a lot more difficult to stop this traffic. That's again, we go back and we look at what President Trump did and the pressure that he put on the Mexican government and the crackdowns that we have seen because of that pressure. As long as that pressure continues, we will uh, be able to to win this this war on drugs. Uh, but we got to put the requisite pressure on on the Mexican government to do the right. Yeah, thing. we absolutely do. Um, so give us a status update on the successes and failures where we are currently at the southern border. Uh, we've seen in, in four years, we've seen historic lows on two separate occasions, not just once, but on two separate occasions. And what that tells you is that policies being put in place right now are in fact working. Um, getting out in front of the pandemic, COVID-19, um, uh, enacting Title 42, allowing us to immediately return people um, back to Mexico and to other countries. It's allowing us to, to do our job the best that we can and cut down on illegal immigration and illegal border crossings. Are, are, are people though successfully, and we were looking at pictures a moment ago, you know, are they successfully scaling the fence? How much of a deterrent have, have these walls been? Well, if you look at where there's not walls, uh, again, I'll go back to my early or early career in, in both Arizona and California. We were arresting groups that were crossing the border um, in, in groups of 150. Right now, you might see one, twos, threes um, scale right. the wall. It's, it's very small numbers. Um, it's just not like it was. We have to have those physical barriers right. and the walls do work. Brandon, Judd, great talking to you. Thanks so much for the update. So what does that tell us? Where are we at? We have our, you know, immigration, right? We have issues with immigration, with our borders. They're telling you what the issue is, which is trafficking. It's pretty straightforward. But the question that everyone should be asking themselves is, you know, but isn't the show about climate change? It is. And the climate that is being changed is the climate control they have. What is climate control? When you get in your car and you set climate control, or when you get into your house and you set your climate control, it is what keeps you uh, feeling good, right? So the question you should ask yourself is, you know, what is climate control? Climate control and climate change is all about their extinction, their extinction. And this is where we have uh, 
the youth. This is what it's all about. So taking you back in time with my little TARDIS, they knew that there was no way that they can avoid what was to come. And when you know that whatever you do, whatever variables you insert, and I've always said that time has fixed points, things happen. Fixed points means they can't be changed. The only thing you can do is prolong it to the point where the sound that comes out at that fixed point is muffled. Okay. Uh, and in a sense, that fixed point occurs, but the impact is less. It's kind of like, um, how's this? You know, you're going to, uh, let me see, really good example. Um, you know that on January 1st, uh, 1999, right? Uh, you were supposed to, you're going to be in a car accident and you can't change it. No matter, even if you stayed away from cars or whatever, somehow you ended up in a car. So since you know it is inevitable that you're going to be in that car crash, you're going to make sure you have pillows around you, freaking 20 airbags, state-of-the-art seatbelt, so that way you don't get decapitated. Maybe you'll be wearing a helmet that, you know, connects to your shoulder, but it's the whole nine yards. So you know it's happening, but you want to minimize the impact. Now, no matter what they planned or what they foresaw, that timeline was indeed pushed back with actions, bought time for things to move. But the goal was to maintain people in a state of open mouth, feed me information, zombie-like effect for governance. See, when you realize that the governance is pseudo-governance, that you have handed it over to others, and that you've been wearing invisible chains that you can finally see. You realize that what they are after is to ensure that they maintain power. This is all about power. Young people driving global governance and local actions. Now, one may say, well, huh, how do we fix this? Well, they started in the 80s and 90s where they recruited a bunch of little kids to see how they can fix it how they can program it, how they can decode it, how they can change the future. You know, the fancy math that I talk about. Well, the thing is you can't because it's, it's, it doesn't happen like that. You can't cause an event and change. You can misdirect, you can prolong, but you cannot change what is to come. No matter how much you tell people you are changing it, it doesn't happen unless the people believe that it's being changed. Hmm? So how do you understand that whatever they're doing is moot? Well, you see it from all the people now that are wide awake and seeing exactly through all of this, realizing that the insanity is just perpetuating. So climate change, that's about their climate control button. It's about their extinction, not the planets. It's their extinction. Watch this video just so you see how the insanity has boosted up, which is pretty insane, right? Look at this. Uh, with the ruling. Um, and, you know, I think the, the concern that families had had in the very beginning that this day was going to come where they were going to have to relive another trial. 
uh, and you know they shouldn't have to relive a trial. Boston Mayor Marty Walsh reacting after a federal court overturned the death sentence for Boston Marathon bomber uh, Zernoff. Is there, I can never pronounce his name. Because I want to forget Zernayoff. it. Thank you, because I want to forget it. Go ahead. Uh, remember, I covered that story. The court ruled the jurors may have been influenced by pretrial publicity, such as this 2013 Rolling Stones cover story. Here to react is former superintendent in chief of the Boston Police Department, Daniel Linsky. Daniel, welcome to the show. A lot of people obviously outraged by this ruling. Explain to us how this happened and what happens next. Well, a system of justice is set up in such a way that death penalty cases are drawn out for years and years and expose the victims and their families to numerous appeals and numerous chances for the terrorist to, uh, to have his day over and over again in court and the victims not to have finality with this. And we, our system and the terrorists continue to re-victimize the, the families and the victims of this, of this horrific, tragic event and attack. Daniel, is there any city in America where he could have gotten a quote-unquote fair trial, meaning people hadn't seen information about it? I mean, this was international headline news for weeks. Um, wh what's the justification? Yeah, let's, let's be clear. This, this was followed live around the globe on Twitter. It's the first terrorist attack that people were watching in every second, every minute. As it played out across the globe, I don't think there's anywhere in America, uh, I don't think there's anywhere in the globe that you could find a jury who didn't uh, see what happened and know the facts and circumstances. This isn't a whodunit. He admitted it. Yes. This is a what did he do and why yeah. did he do it? Well, I'll tell you what he did. He placed a device behind the legs of an eight-year-old child. That's that's clear. We see that on videotape. He could have picked anyone. He could have picked my cops. He could have picked anyone in that street. He picked a kid. He not only had to arm the device, he then had a detonator. That's after his brother detonated his device. So this this uh, theory that his brother made him do it, he armed his device and then hit the detonator as he walked away. He could have pretended that his device didn't work and, and went away from there. He then has no remorse. He joins his brother on a murderous spree where they murder an MIT police officer. Uh, by the way, the gun that was used to murder him for the person who was allegedly uh, you know, uh, bullied by his brother, he obtained it. He obtained that gun to protect his drug trafficking uh, at his yep. college university to rob other drug dealers. Then Dan, he leads. Dan, I think even your dog is upset about this real quick in the moment uh, we have left. What message does this send to all of the men and women and the force and the authorities that captured uh, his uh, captured him and, and killed his brother? The, the message it sends is we have to stand with our victims through another trialing time as they're going to have to endure uh, the process going forward to bring this individual to the justice that he needs. That's the message we need to have as the men and women of the Boston Police Department, our community, is to stand again with the victims who have been so strong and showed so much class as they are yep. once again met with a challenge uh, put on by the terrorists and unfortunately our justice system the way it stands today. Daniel Linsky, former superintendent-in-chief of the Boston Police Department. Again, kudos to your men and the FBI. That, that happened on a Monday. By Friday, they had their man. It's a tough, uh, a tough decision. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I don't know how good that was. Do you see it? Do you see the uh, double standard? Do you see how they switch it up? It's insanity. Roller coaster, roller coaster, roller coaster. Well, we're going to dive into the roller coaster a little bit more on that note. I want you guys to see just a few things that um, maybe you haven't seen in a very long time and you should listen to. Everyone talks about Agenda 21. 
They've been feeding you this for a very long time because they wanted you to see it. Look, this is from um, the UN Secretary General talking about the role of youth, the UN Agenda 21. Just, this is pretty incredible, listen. It's failed in many aspects but has failed essentially in three basic questions that will determine the future unless we are able to change course. And I do not believe we'll be able to change course if the youth has not a much stronger intervention in the way we built our future. We failed in climate change. We failed in making globalization work for all. And we are failing in making sure that new technologies will inevitably be a force for good because we are opening too much space for new technologies to be a threat for the way our societies live. First, we failed in climate change. It is clear climate change became the defining issue of our time, but it's clear that even today, we do not have enough political will to take the decisions that are necessary to reverse the climate emergency in which we live. We see record levels of concentration of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. We see emissions still growing. We see uh, record levels in the temperature, both inland and in the seas. We see record levels in the progressive rise of uh, water levels. We see glaciers melting, corals bleaching. We see nature being dramatically impacted by humankind. I can say we can. Again, before he continues, before you listen to the rest of this one and a half minute, keep in mind, climate change has nothing to do with the climate. Climate change is about their climate control. It is about a change in government. They are already telling you this. We see it from the Sunrise Movement. We see it from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. These are just fear-mongering points. We have been uh, threatened with being underwater, dying, burning from ozone holes for decades. Yet for some reason, people really believe that this is real. People really believe that mere humans can impact the whole globe, per se, globe. So why would we think that a can of hairspray, that we all stopped spraying, really healed the hole in the ozone? We did a show on this where we went through all of that information, where we parsed through it and realized that the reason that there were holes in the ozone was because of the overactivity of the volcanoes during that time. And as volcanoes stopped pouring out all these chemicals and pooling where these holes were, because that's where they go naturally, and where they go naturally is a whole other topic to discuss. But think, we are at a point where we're being told that we are destroying our planet. Yes, we're messy. Yes, we're dirty. Yes, we have changed things. But that's what evolution is about. Everything changes. <laughs> it's not destroyed from the mere hands of man. But this is the point they're using to you. It's the climate control for them. Their climate setting. Setting them out of place. It's about their extinction, their power. This is why they're targeting your youth. They're targeting your youth for the past three decades. Human youth has been caused to think that this is real, that cow farts will create holes in the air. 
right? Holes. And it'll destroy your atmosphere. They're telling you, we don't have enough trees for paper and we shouldn't be using it because it's, it's terrible for the environment and it's horrific and everyone will die. This is what they're telling you. This is what they've convinced you of, not just you, the whole world. And because it's been said over and over again, people are believing it. That doesn't happen that easy. We've been underwater how long? Look, even Burger King that relies on burgers made this commercial. When cows fart and burp and splatter, well, it ain't no laughing matter. They're releasing methane every time they do. And that methane from the rear goes up to the atmosphere. And pollutes our planet, warming me and you. Yes, I'm nothing not the passive greenhouse gas that'll trap the sunbeat and change our climate too. Gee, is it hot in here or is it just me? So to change your emissions, Burger King went on a mission testing diets that would help produce their farts. That's a start. are the problem. Apparently you are a big problem to all of them because this is what they want you to think, that you are the problem. But what you have to understand is that they knew that this day was coming. They know that nothing can stop it. And yet they insist. They insist on telling you that you're the problem and that the climate, you know, we're killing the earth, that you are killing the planet. No one will be here when the evidence is apparent. They've known about this for a very long time. They've told you about the new deal of the ages. <laughs> Look, it's right there in front of you. Because they knew from a very long time ago, gosh, and you know, the mitigation was done by Eisenhower, just people don't understand it yet. And as time was coming, time was coming, time was coming closer and closer that it was inevitable, inevitable. The all-seeing eye, hmm. it's pretty interesting. What kind of eyes we're seeing, though, is the question. What POV was used to see is the question. Was it impartial? Could it be impartial? See, all this was planned. Because they knew. They knew. 
They definitely knew. There was so much that is not being said to the people, the technology we have, and it's simply for power. They govern every aspect of it. And you're not allowed. Have you seen lately as all of these, uh, I would say, well, they're psyops, they're reality hacks from the 60s. So the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, the teens, right? We see that slowly they have been pushing for what? Everyone to stop thinking, to massively come together. Remember the Democrat Party, for example, let's put it on a more micro scale, always used cults. Cults was the way they got through everything, right? Jonestown, that's how they got elected. Cults. And you're going to say, wait a minute, so are we part of a cult? Everyone is. Look at what has been coming up. For the past 40 years, they've changed your food. They've changed your water. Yes? And we've talked about how cells communicate amongst each other. That's with cellular signaling, correct? Has to do with chemistry, correct? So at the point where this biodome that you reside in, which is supposed to complement you and serve you, uh, this is why the biodome exists, coexists. There's coexisting together. They've changed your food. They've changed your water. And by altering your chemistry, just on that level, what have we seen? A spark in attention deficit disorder. What does that mean? People that are, what? Unable to concentrate because they're thinking too fast, jumping from one topic to another, because they're going through that phase of the awakening. Therefore, we must drug them. Then there's bipolars, right? That's a new one, right? You have bipolar depression. You go from a high to a low. We'll fix the chemicals. So the minute you take the medication, you're on a more flat level. We don't want you thinking grandiosely. We don't want you tapping into that energy side of you. Say, but it, it is. It is a very disabling form. But this happens when you grow and you evolve. There are growing pains. It's evolution. New deal. Green new deal. New deal. It has always been there and will always be there. Their plan to maintain power you were never part of that plan. Well, you were, because you're supposed to serve. This is where it goes down to. So how do they do it? How do they change something that's a fixed point in time? Well, the only way to change it is to make sure that the people that are within that world change the way they see things, change the way they think. Listen carefully to the words here. You have failed. We have failed. This has failed, but... You can say that there is a war between humankind and nature, and nature is striking back, and striking back with uh, an enormous power, and uh, we have not yet taken the decisions that are necessary to reverse this trend. We had a failure in the COP25, as you have noticed, in uh, Madrid. We must absolutely be sure that we are able to take decisions in the world, making a commitment to temperatures not to rise more than 1.5 degrees, being carbon neutral in 2050, and having a dramatic reduction in, the, in, in emissions in the next decades. And who's leading today in the world the movement to make politicians take these decisions? Young people. 
the mobilization of young people has been for us. In the preparation of the climate summit we had in uh, September in the United Nations, the mobilization of young people was the strongest element to force politicians to understand that things have to change. And so it's not only the question of listening to young people, it's the question of making sure that those problems that will dramatically impact your lives more than they are already impacting ours, will be dealt with in a way in which you have a determined influence in shaping the policies that will allow us to address climate change. Uh -huh. And that so that is the UN for you, you guys. That's the UN. You remember when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was talking about cow farts and then she changed it? That's not true. The Green New Deal, she said, is more than just climate change. It's about all the change. But here's the part where she said, oh, I didn't talk about cow farts. Yet she did because it was sounding too crazy. I mean, what kind of person would actually think that a fart from cows <laughs> would change your planet? expected a little more nuance and I expected uh, I expected a little more concern trolling um, well you've gotten that too yeah I mean, more in my party I guess. yeah I mean yeah. on the concern trolling there are people that you guys issued an FAQ it had some things that people yeah. thought were ridiculous and radical like yeah, anyone that was uh, unable or unwilling to work would mm -hmm. be guaranteed a job yeah, the yeah. FAQ was withdrawn and said it was preliminary a draft yeah, yeah. there was a lot of fight about that like yeah. do you do you think you guys rolled it out the right way did you well, bring it on any on yourself what I will say is that there, I definitely had a staffer that had a very bad day at work <laughs> and, um, and did release a, a working draft early. So I get that that's what they're seizing on. Um, but really what we need to do is have a serious conversation. And, um, and even in, in those draft versions, what they were talking about and uh, is really about the fact that we need to innovate on our technology. You know, right. obviously, like I had a staffer, you know, Lisa Dockman talked about cow flatulence, but um, which is an issue. I just want to say an issue. Well, it sounds ridiculous, but it literally is but an it, issue. But it actually is an issue when it comes to contributing to methane. Right. But that doesn't mean you end cows. It means that we need. <laughs> what it means is that we need to innovate and change yes. our our grain, uh, our our cow grain from which you know they feed in in these troughs. That yep. we need to. Uh, really take a look at regenerative agriculture, like regenerative uh, the agriculture, change what they eat, change the chemistry, kind of like the way vaccines are changing your DNA to suit who, though? Think about it. To suit who is the question? Who are they trying to suit with this, um, you know, this change of everything, this change of genetic information? Here's climate justice. This is a, another way that they formulate this. This is, you, you must understand that the only power they have is the power you give them. They're only a handful of people, but they're very well organized. This has been a very long-standing plan. And, you know, this is a time where you spank your kid and chain them to the basement and say, shut up, you're killing us. But no, I'm not advocating that. But listen, listen to this.
ocean means to me. I mean, the ocean is so important in our lives and if the ocean is happy, we are happy. And there's issues such as plastic pollution and oil spills and rising sea levels that will impact us so much. So I think we really need to be careful in the next few years on how we affect the ocean. The ocean means so much to me as all of the activities I do are ocean oriented from rowing, sailing, swimming, kayaking, uh, going out on the rib to the islands. It's what I do, it's what I live for. And especially with summer coming up, it's probably what I'm gonna be spending most of my time doing. My whole family, we've grown up beside the ocean and it's been there every step of the way, every part, every important part of my childhood and my adulthood has been beside there. It impacts my community so much. It is the foundation upon which my community is based upon. To me, I think the ocean really means home. I grew up in Cove, which is an island, and every time I see the sea, it reminds me of home. Anytime I've been away from it, I've felt homesick for it, that you just want to see it, just to hear it really. The sea is not really a, a thing as far as I'm concerned. I think it's, it's a living, breathing entity. It's something that's alive, really. What people don't know maybe is that the ocean plays a key role in tackling the issue of climate change. Our oceans are one of the main sources of catching and holding carbon dioxide. Our kelp, our coral reefs, um, all of them play a part and they are key in the ecosystem. And we need to watch what our, we are consuming, we need to watch our plastic consumption, we need to see what we're throwing into the ocean, how our sewage treatment plants are being treated, how we're just letting wastewater goes straight into the ocean. We need to be mindful of our consumption and protect the ocean for future generations to come. Everything that we take out of the world goes back to the ocean in the end. So even if you want to be selfish better to look after humans for us to survive into however many millennia we will survive, we have to look after the oceans. Our the ocean currents control our weather. They're kind of the sink that everything we use comes back to. But I believe that it's everything, every life, every organism has an intrinsic value. So they have a right to exist by the mere fact that they exist. My message um, about protecting the planet and the oceans is that you are never too small to make a difference. And that was proven by Greta Thunberg. I mean, she is one teenager in the whole world. And yet, look at the impact she's had. Well, what about um, Suzuki? She said the same thing Greta said 40 years ago. So here's, here's, here's a little story. It was 1986. I was a very, very young child. And I remember going out uh, to the seaside and the whole mountain was on fire. And I, <laughs> I remember some of my uncles, my grandfather, we were all just by the beach because the whole place was torched. You know, my hometown is nestled in a bay uh, in Greece, right? That's where my whole family, my lineage comes from. And I, I said to him, whoa, uh, you know, all the, the land we have will be burned. He goes, great, because the land that's being burned is the one with the pine trees. So that way, maybe we could build. I said, what are you nuts? You know, in school, they told us, this is me, what, five, six years old, right? So, no, I was older. I was like seven, seven. And um, I, I, I looked at my grandfather. I was like, are you nuts? He goes, do you know how many times those mountains go on fire? And I was like... This is insane. He's like, this happens all the time. All the time. All the time. Throughout time, fires happen. Everything happens. The planet fixes itself.
always. I said, did someone set the fires? It's like, I don't know, but you know, they're, they're, they're raging. And if it was put on purpose, was it the heat? Nobody knows. Well, it was, it was hot. It's 42 degrees Celsius, 41 degrees Celsius. That's how hot it would get in the summer. Now it doesn't get that hot often. Weather has been changing, but that same summer, I um, met with a very holy person and I said to him, as we were standing and looking at the, at the ocean and the water, I said, oh my gosh, look at all that brown dirt, that garbage, little pieces of plastics floating. We can't even swim today. Do you know what he said to me? Said, That's okay. Garbage is always some byproduct of either a person, a living thing, you know, as, as, as people, you know, grow and, and, and the world grows, it learns, it learns. And I, he said, tomorrow it'll be gone and there'll be tons of jellyfish. <laughs> what are the jellyfish, the medusas, as they call them, the ones that really hurt? He said, just watch, you'll see, you'll see. And I left it, but yes, indeed, the next day I couldn't swim again, not because it was dirty with like brown bubbling stuff and, you know, little pieces of plastic, but because there were jellyfish that stung. I still swam, got stung. I was totally fine with it. And then got out because all, you know, as a kid, you go in there and you're picking up the jellyfish and throwing it, throwing it. And, you know, no matter how many times your family will tell you, hey, get out of the water, you're going to get stung. You don't want to be in there. You're just like, no, we're having fun until it stings you, right? Then you're just like with this big line across your calf. I've had so many of those. So what does that teach me as a child? Oh, yeah, it'll fix. But it was always in the back of my mind. It wasn't until about 10 years later that I remember I was standing uh, on the same beach with my friends that as kids, we stood there watching it burn. And I'm getting a suntan and I look up and I'm like, wow, look at all those trees. It was green again. And no one put seeds, of course, no one did anything. But again, it fixed itself. So here we go again, where they're pushing the idea that this planet that has sustained life for however many generations of people that have been here, because history is a bit skewed, cannot heal itself. They're telling you that the planet's too stupid and that what God created is too dumb to learn how to fix it. And they're convincing you of this. I mean, look, Greta Thunberg, a girl that is indeed diagnosed to be autistic, is their role model and that she's done something. Suzuki, same words, same everything. We're still here, aren't we? We're not dead, aren't we? We're not underwater, aren't we? No one's dying, are they? Because we're smart. We're humans, right? That's what they say. We're humans and we are being punished by the planet. How does that make sense? If the planet and us together, right, work. That is what you need to tell yourself. How does this make sense? If you see it, it's like you're in your house, you know, you're not cleaning up after yourself, right? There's a lot of garbage, right? And the house is attacking you and trapping in all the smells of old garbage. So you need to do what? Well, you have to adapt. Maybe because you realize that you're lazy, you create an automatic trash compactor because it's getting uncomfortable for you. People find solutions for everything. I mean, we found hemp for the paper, right? 
we found hemp we're not using. I'm just giving really remedial examples for something that this planet has stood the test of time. There are technologies that were so simple that we don't understand or have today. Like that computer they found at the bottom of the ocean that looked like cogs and it was actually a computer, but nobody knows how it works. Or let's talk about Greek fire. Why can't we recreate that today? Right now, I can video call someone in China and have a conversation without missing a beat. I can have dinner with someone on the other side of the planet if I want to. I can have dinner with someone on IO if I wanted to. At the ISS if I wanted to. Instantly. But I can't recreate Greek fire. So questions that you should have to yourself is, throughout all this time, first of all, we were all in the dark ages and suddenly we wake up and for the past hundred years, things have changed so rapidly. So what the other people pastime were what asleep, sleepwalking, something happened. And that something is the great awakening was coming and they didn't want it. And here's how they hinder it by poisoning people with ideas that it's a race they must win. Race against what? We've been racing against the same monster for 60, 70 years. Climate, climate, climate. Look at all the climate change studies. It reminds you of the Lancet study on COVID. Lancet, one of the Bibles of medicine. Like I've talked about the New England Journal, same thing. They're telling you that hydroxychloroquine is deadly, yet we've been using it for forever in a day. And they come out with the study. And then one doctor decides, let me find where this study came from. And they see it's a shell company with a shell company that used a woman that has like a only me friends, only friends account where she's pretty much an erotic model with underwear as their CEO. So they hijacked one of the leading medical journals on the planet to sell to you the idea that hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Now, look at the climate change studies. There's 1,400 of them telling you, oh gosh, we're dying carbon. And then when carbon's at the lowest rate it's been, we're actually entering into an ice age. Yet studies that have shown from pulling out ice cores that we're following the normal circadian rhythms of the earth unchecked. In fact, our carbon is even less than it should be, yet they're telling you that it's more. Those studies, very well buried, nestled into the abyss of shell companies, big companies, big pockets, and those that fear their extinction, funding it to tell you who to fear and what to fear and how you must obey. I mean, she's cast so many, like 1.8 million um, strikers worldwide on March 15th, and probably more this time. And you can have an, an impact on the world, and especially with the oceans. I mean, individual action is great, but we need to be targeting our governments. And the only way you can really get to them is to strike and give up one of your basic rights, which is education. And it's sad, but that's... What? Wait a minute. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? We have to strike our government. Right. We have to strike our government. Listen to this again carefully, because then you realize what's really going on here. And probably more this time. And you can have an, an impact on the world and especially with the oceans. I mean, 
individual action is great, but we need to be targeting our governments. And the only way you can really get to them is to strike and give up one of your basic rights, which is education. And it's sad, but that's what it's come to. So being out here, every single person out here is making a huge impact. So that is what you must do. Young people play a key role in protecting the environment. As we've seen in recent months through the Fridays for Future movement, young people have the drive and have the voice necessary to speak up for an action. Now we need the government to take action and to be responsible for nations across the world. Our oceans are where I would one day like to bring my children swimming. However, due to human activity, this might not be possible as they will be full of not fish or water, but plastic. It is our choice every day on how we affect this. It is our choices that young people and old alike must make so that one day I can take my children swimming in the sea. We are the ones that are going to feel the full brunt of climate change and of what is happening to the environment. The system we have at the moment is broken. It does not work. It's sure it has money as the highest denominator, it has money as the thing you look for, the thing you try to get. But that is not what's going to help us. Like it's, the, it's the natural world is what we're destroying to get all of this money that in all intents and purposes will be pointless. Because if you don't have clean drinking water, it doesn't matter how much money you have in your back pocket. If you don't have air to breathe, or it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't. The system has to change. But I think the governments as well also have to listen to the people. I think we truly have to be the change that we want to see. It's as cliche as it is, I think that is truly what we have to do. My message to the young people of the world today would be that there is a reason to take action. It is that although you may not be experiencing climate change in your life, there are people who very soon will. Countries such as Bangladesh are likely to become submerged in water within the next decade and it's your possibility to make change about this. Wow, right? So they're so empowering telling you that, hey, guess what? The world is changing. The world is changing, and uh, because the planet is changing and evolving, just like you are, you should be terrified. You should fight back because we are selfish, we are disgusting, and we need to know our place. We need to know where we go. This is what they are telling you. When evolution goes hand in hand. See, there was a paper that I, I wrote uh, for my plant physiology class. <laughs> that kind of left my professor like, what? So no one has said, you know, why plants migrated on Earth. No one. I'm actually, I, you know what? I, I've been saying this. How many, I've been on air almost three years. I'm like, every time I tell this story, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to submit it for publication. But, you know, who cares? It's not like they're going to publish it because nobody wants the answer. So in a summary, the question is, you know, they're teaching us, right? They're teaching us on earth that the reason plants migrated from water to land was just, it just happened. And I've said this many times before, nothing happens in nature without pressure. People do not change without pressure. A tree does not decide to not grow any leaves from one day to another. Uh, uh, um, a kangaroo does not decide it's going to 
bounce on two legs from one day to another. It's a gradual change because of pressure. It's kind of going back to Darwin's writings. You know, seeds were falling on the floor, so the only birds that remained on the island were the ones that had beaks short enough to pick up the seeds off of there. The others died. It's natural course of evolution. Now, this is biological evolution. We're not talking biological here because this is all about spiritual evolution, even though they're trying to use biology. So I'm giving basics so you understand because it works the same. The simplest answer, I said, nature is parsimonious, right? I've used this before, and a lot of people had DM'd me ages ago. What do you mean? Yeah, Occam's razor, et cetera, right? I've said this how many times? Simplest solution is always the right one. And for me, I thought, okay, if you want to tell people that land, you know, plants just migrated and this is how we had reinforced organisms, you know, with armor, those were the first multicellular organisms that appeared, you know, trees back in the days from fossils, you see, were all chlorophyll. Their stems, they look like sponges. They had stomata open and they were pumping so much oxygen that the actual people, the actual animals would have been giants because there was so much oxygen in the air. And this is why a fly today is small, but yet back then, and what we see from fossils was bigger because how do they breathe? They use a, a air pressure, atmospheric pressure, and it pushes oxygen. And to the point where oxygen is at a smaller rate right now, obviously they're going to be smaller because it doesn't pump enough for the size they used to be. This is where, you know, you start to understand that everything works together. Everything works together. So yeah, indeed, uh, you know, people that may have existed then may have been larger per se, right? Because there was more oxygen. This is why trees were so much bigger. This is why they competed for sunlight afterwards. This is how they became insanely big. This is why if you recreate a dinosaur today, they'll collapse under their own weight because there's not enough oxygen to keep them standing, let alone just take a breath standing still. So I proposed and I was able to prove with science from what we have that there was a change in gravity. And as gravity changes, gravity is time perception for one to understand as how I see it or as how I know it. This would be the pressure that algae in the water would need to go out on land because atmospheric pressure actually influences the concentration of carbon or, or um, oxygen and different other molecular uh, dependencies that organisms of the sea may have. And this causes pressure in order for them to go right out. We see this all the time with deep sea creatures. Let's put it this way. They're all the way at the bottom of the ocean. They have no light whatsoever. They're blind. But what do they do? They work together with these bacteria that when they collect with each other, they glow and it's like a flashlight in their belly. This is the beauty of nature. This is the beauty of working together. So I'm saying all this because what you're, about to see during this show and what you have been seeing is how they've been trying to change the inevitable. The inevitable is that they did not want us to understand how this is, uh, how 
this new age, this climate change has nothing to do with climate. It has to do with them. It's about power. And you see it slowly from how they speak and what they say. Here's a message that was put out to our Girl Scouts. And you have to think, Girl Scouts? What? Listen to the words. Tick, tick, tick. Time is running out. It is time to take action before it is too late for climate justice. 10 million Girl Guides and Girl Scouts want us to take action on climate change. Climate change is one of the major issues of our time. The evidence points to the consequences. Temperatures will increase. Weather patterns will change. Glaciers will melt and sea levels will rise. The girls and young women of today will have to live with the consequences of climate change today and tomorrow. Climate change is firmly on the agenda of the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. We run an advocacy program related to the environment and our slogan is, Girls Worldwide Say, We Can Save Our Planet. Through this program, girls and young women gain and spread awareness about the issues. They speak out with solutions and they take action to ensure that they have a brighter future and that the world is sustainable. Throughout the nearly 100 years of girl guiding and girl scouting, girls and young women have been caring for the environment. They have been taking action, protecting the oceans, the forests, the plains, getting active in responding to natural disasters. Now, more than ever, we need to continue and accelerate this tradition. It is the girls and young women who will be able to powerfully influence their own futures. Human activities are a major part of the problem. We are very near the tipping point of irreversible change, but we can take action to avoid catastrophic effects on the planet. That's why the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts is supporting the Tick, Tick, Tick campaign. We call on girls and young women worldwide to take action, to join in the campaign, to demand that there is a new international agreement at the Convention on Climate Change this December in Copenhagen. New agreement, international agreement, because we're all going to die. So here they are targeting the children. Climate change is about their extinction. Look, take a step back and just look at it. For those of you that are in your 40s and 50s and 60s, take a real step back. And you're going to be like, wait a minute. Okay, this has escalated really quickly. And you know what? This whole escalation started with uh, this uh, rapid escalation started with President Trump because they never thought he would win. They never thought he would win. They never thought she would lose. And it comes down to understanding how they have been planning this for a very long time, how on point they have been to understand how humans think, how they respond. I mean, it's almost as if they were getting help. So here's how they have mapped out how humankind thinks, how they work, how mass media and learning systems are pretty much individual cores that spider out. Look at this. They've written a handbook. Council of the Club of Rome, of course, wrote this handbook. <laughs> this is my favorite picture. In searching for a common enemy against whom we can unite, we came up with the idea, pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. 
in their totality in their interactions. These phenomena do constitute a common thread, which must be confronted by everyone together. But in designating these dangers as the enemy, we fall into the trap, which we have already warned the readers about, namely mistaking symptoms for causes. All these dangers are caused by human intervention in natural processes, and it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. What? It's like they're telling you what they planned. Listen to this. The problem is to invent instruments of governance capable of coping with the change without resorting to violence and maintaining the kind of pace which provides security, justice, and fulfilling growth for individuals and societies alike. Not only have we to find better means of governance at a national and international levels, but we also have to determine the characteristics of the capacity to govern. Global governance in our vocabulary does not imply global government, but rather the institution set up for cooperation, coordination, and common action between durable sovereign states. Durable, durable. The good. And for the purposes of encouraging news is that people and nations are beginning to agree to take the next steps together. However, they are carefully avoiding to agree on why they are agreeing. They are reaching a consensus by practical procedures rather than by formal voting of governmental representatives. Many international functions, especially those requiring the most foresight and operational flexibility, can be carried out through non-governmental arrangements. <laughs> they had it all mapped out, darn Club of Rome. They thought they had it all. But what they didn't understand is that people, unlike they believed, and I've said this before, no matter how many times you can say, oh, this is happening, this is the future. The one thing you cannot take a human being for granted of is as a fixed variable. Humans should be treated as nodes in any equation. You cannot plug them in. Their reaction does not abide by any specific law because of their diverse ability to think. Ergo, their constant attack of children and institutionalizing them. So they believe that whatever they say is the correct thing. Okay. Here we have uh, the World YMCA recruiting your children and armoring them with, uh, you know, songs and dance and movements. These are children. And if you noticed, people that were arrested, well, we'll talk about that after you see this video, how, man, just, just take a listen, take a listen to it. Cause that'll tell you everything you need. And then you'll understand how this is all happening. Okay. This is, this is pretty, pretty incredible. This is a Sprague video. Take a listen. It's not just about going sustainable for the earth, but it really is about sustainability for people power and fighting larger systems that work against that. 
almost looks like something spiritual. Hmm, sounds interesting, students again, right? Well, if you notice, the indictment for people that Twitter hacked apparently came out. And the three people thrown under the bus were pretty interesting. One of them was from England, a 19-year-old. Another one was in Orlando, Florida, a 22-year-old. And the third defendant, a juvenile. A juvenile in Tampa, Florida. So understand just how malleable children are. You know, we talk about grooming. I'm learning a lot about it, um, unfortunately. I mean, seeing it from the outside, but now being on the inside to see it, it it's driving me insane personally on a personal level. But I, I'm just saying this is grooming. They have been grooming our children through media, through music, through school, through education, through cartoons, through anything you can imagine. Video games, we'll get to video games later. But this is something that has been happening forever and a day. You know, this constant attack on our youth because they need our youth. And wait till you see, okay, how they tell you who's paying them. You want to see it? I got it right here. This is supposedly one of their super-duper undisclosed uh, donor meetings. You see this young man here. He's the CFO. He's the financier in his mom's house there. Take a listen. Great. I also want to answer, um, give an answer for the last question on the demographic breakdown. Um, it's, our team is currently about 41% BIPOC. Um, which is a black indigenous people of color um, and 59% white and 70% women or gender oppressed people and 30% cis men. Great. Okay. So the next question I have, um, I think this will be the last question before we move on. Um, how much money do we have on hand now and how much are our major individuals who are our major individual donors slash foundations? I'm oh, sorry, can't hear you, Erin. Can you hear me now? That's good? Cool. Um, we currently in this 501c3 arm have about four and a half million. The C4 has about three and the PAC has raised about a million, which is a lot. And um, I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later. Um, but just to kind of like explain um, those numbers, at the start of the year, um, centers did a big budgeting process and did not account for COVID-19 happening, obviously, and a huge chunk of our programs were out of the C3 arm to do heavy trainings as well as in-person actions during um, the Earth Day actions. And obviously a lot of that work got scrapped and we have been working to reallocate those funds. And a lot of those dollars will be going out the door through the fall. Um, and Gretchen, yeah, that this is actually cash in the bank. Um, so they're talking about cash in the bank. But again, you know, this is the Sunrise Movement. And I wanted to share something with you about the Sunrise Movement that seems to have come a little bit earlier than they were supposed to in their whole global scheme. Uh, because if you read their actual manifestos and how they operate, it seems that they're going on a new direction of a more transhumanistic. Uh, this is all 
changing governance. It's not about a change in climate. It's about a change in government. And change in government means that they want control. They, they believe that they should have control because they know better. You know, these are the types of people that are trying to run our nation. People that can't even uh, hold on to their emotions correctly, can't see straight, can't even think. They'll respond with screaming and crying because they have been programmed to completely abide by one thought process. See, the free will is your thought. Your free will to think is your free will. This is what the, the thought police, real thing, real thing. And so here is where... I'm trying to pull the right feed for you guys. Give me a second. Let me see where it is. Because you're going to see it. It almost reminds me of a specific display. <laughs> it's very interesting. Here we go. Hmm. Do you guys see this? This is interesting, isn't it? This was actually put on a building on December 17th, 2017 in Hawaii. What does that remind you of, right? Interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. So now as you listen to where they get their money from, from all these foreign entities, try to see which ones ring a bell and uh, remind you of some people that you constantly hear about. Um, but there are um, about a, some more commitments that we think will come in and are anticipating for the final month of the year, but um, we're looking at probably a budget range of about $14 million this year across the C3, C4, and the PAC arm. Um, and yeah, in terms of the answer around the who are some of like the major individual donors as well as foundations. Um, this is the Sunrise Movement talking money, okay? There's a really long list of foundations, but some of the biggest C3 like funders to date have been folks like Hewlett Foundation, Bullet Foundation, um, the C4 Arm, um, Open Society Foundation. Um, and then as individuals, our largest like in, like personal gift to date has been um, Chris Hughes. Um, but most of our major donors fall in the like one to $5,000 range. Um, and we're going to be getting into questions about like our policies and principles around fundraising really soon. So I'm going to pause. Wait, did we hear uh, George Soros there? Oh, you mean the C4 arm of Open Society? foundations or the bullet foundations do you see that there are foreign interests funding all these movements these recruitments they're paying people to do this so aside from the fact that there are many children that have been impacted many children that have been um groomed to think that this is the way forward right um the truth be said there are people that are just plain mercenaries, and we see them in Portland today. But here's the thing. Greenpeace, Luxembourg, Greenpeace, worldwide, 
they're teaching people about Greenpeace. Do you know that if you actually work for Greenpeace, you're not allowed to work for the U.S. government? Did you know that? There are many positions that you cannot hold. Well, here's a video of Greenpeace. Tell me how they're training volunteers. Kind of looks like they're going through a boot camp for war. Mock arrests, learn how to shoot. Watch this. It's pretty interesting. All right, I'm going to stop it right there. Do you see what I see? Oh, system change, not climate change. Let's repeat that again. System change, not climate change. Can you see the new age, the new deal? So when we say this is good versus evil, this is about forfeiting your rights to think for yourself, forfeiting your right to be free because they wish to maintain control. And like their little outline from their little stupid club of Rome said, and just like Hitler did, you need to create an enemy that everyone can unite against. And what better thing than to say we're all going to die, crash and burn if we don't all band together and submit our rights. You know, how do you know that right now in South, South Dakota, uh, you know, there isn't like a locust, you know, attack? You don't because you're not there. But there's people in South Dakota. Yeah. We could take out a whole village to convince the rest of the world that something's up. <laughs> so as you see, it's never about the climate. It's about power. Agenda 21, about power. Agenda 31, about Agenda 30, about power. Now, even though many people say, well, they're saying this plan is till 2050, 2030, 20, they're not going to be here for it. That's kind of like a vision board. This is what they hope they can have. This is what they wish they could have. They can't have it because they can't stop what's coming. We're already way ahead of it. Whoa, it's done. It's over. They lose. Why? Because people are starting to see through everything. Why do you think Pelosi, one of the most seasoned, corrupt, deep state hacks there is, the person who, who pulled the first Ocasio. Remember Ocasio posing in front of the fence? Oh, my gosh. Crying and stuff for pictures about, you know, illegal migrants. Right? Pelosi did the same thing time in square. She came out of her hotel with a sign, went there, posed with it, went right back to her hotel. I'm a protester. Look at me. No, you're not. You wanted to show the power you could have so that you can have the Chinese come in with you. Remember, China was created. The CCP was created. I digress. So right now on Twitch, just so you know, they have a uh, music uh, clubhouse global. I'm going to show it to you so that way I don't get banned in the middle of YouTube, I guess, uh, for playing it. But uh, maybe I can do it without um, without sound for you, so you can see it. Give me a second. Let me pull it up because they have it going on right now. It's pretty insane. So it's um clubhouse-global.com, and it's a it's a party for the youth about system change, not you know, uh, global change. Whoa, that was the conference. Give me a sec. 
I have tons up here. There we go. So this is your youth, all of it. Let me mute the tab and press play so you can see the comments. So this is them hosting a party with specific music for all these children that are in watching through Twitch. Ways to raise money, kind of like the way they did with the fake uh, fake Twitter hack. They threw those children under the bus. Movement for Black Lives, Black Hand, Trap.Heels. Look at all that. This is, this is what they're doing to your... Are you, are you watching what your kids do? Are you watching what your kids do? Look, these people have lost so hard. They have no idea how hard they lost. And the more all of you jump on the bandwagon of, oh, they're gaining ground. Oh, you know this. The more you don't see the bigger picture. They've lost the war already. This is them screeching and they have the children for it. They're cannibalizing each other. How? Well, even the politicians can't even work with the people that are helping them throw everyone under the bus. Take a listen to this report. Big news of the day was Fauci and friends returning to Capitol Hill. Joining me now to break it all down, Dr. Ramin Asqui, cardiologist and CEO of Foxhall Cardiology, and Dr. Stephen Smith, founder of the Smith Center for Infectious Diseases and Urban Health. All right, guys, I want to start off with Dr. Fauci taking aim at a new study showing positive results for hydroxychloroquine. The Henry Ford Hospital uh, study that was published was a non-controlled retrospective cohort study uh, that was confounded by a number of issues, including the fact that many of the people who were receiving hydroxychloroquine were also receiving corticosteroids. So that study is a flawed study, and I think anyone who examines it carefully is that it is not a randomized placebo-controlled trial. I don't have any horse in the game one way or the other. I just look at the data. Dr. Smith, he just looks at the data. Was the study flawed? And what about what Fauci said? Well, I mean, we know it's not randomized controlled study. They, and it was randomized control, but they did control for steroid exposure and still hydroxychloroquine conferred a benefit. The bigger problem is that uh, Dr. Fauci has taken aim at this study for not being randomized controlled study where he's endorsed other studies that also were similar observational studies, including the infamous Lancet study, which of course was fraud. And that when he cites all these other studies, he doesn't always name them. They have to be yeah. uncontrolled studies. There aren't that many randomized controls. So it's disturbing. There also, there are controlled studies. Even the first virologic study done by the French was, it had control. It wasn't randomized, so they were good controls. And that the controls were actually less thick than the drug-receiving patients. The drug-receiving patients cleared virus quicker. Similarly, there's been controlled placebo studies in India. Again, not randomized, but similar controls. And that the healthcare workers that were the controls didn't decide not to take hydroxychloroquine. So these, these studies are controlled. And on top of it, if I remember correctly, Shelley Wolf, my dad's friend and Dr. Fauci's mentor, and Dr. Fauci, who was my mentor, I appreciate what he did for me. They published their, their big findings on Wagner's granulomatosis back in the early 70s at an uncontrolled study looking at the effects of cytoxin and prednisone, which worked. I credit them with that. That was mm. uncontrolled. So You've got to look at that yeah. the same way. Yeah, yeah, so it turns out, it turns out, let me jump in here. It turns out, Dr. Oskowy, that Dr. Fauci 
doesn't believe that these randomized controlled studies are always necessary, but for some reason they're necessary in the middle of a pandemic where we have hundreds of thousands of people dying uh, in a situation where people want answers and realistic hope. No one's saying it's a panacea or, or any of that. But what did you make of that testimony today, just specifically on that and any other thoughts? Well, uh, unfortunately, I think what, St uh, what Steve has eloquently pointed out is lying by omission is still lying. It's very important to understand that that study did correct for steroid use, but it also pointed out what we seem to see in COVID, which is a, a, st a st steroid paradox, where if you have very mild disease, steroids probably don't help you. Whereas if you have more severe disease, as quantified perhaps by a CRP of greater than 20, steroid dexamethasone specifically may be immensely helpful. And what, I, what I'm hearing is someone who is frankly very manipulative and uh, dishonest as a scientist. So the CDC completed an investigation on COVID transmission, or they observed it at a sleepaway camp with children and counselors. And there's some severe limitations in the study, but here's what the CDC concluded. This investigation adds to the body of evidence demonstrating that children of all ages are susceptible to SARS-CoV-2 infection and contrary to early reports, might play an important role in transmission. Dr. Asqui, um, what does that tell you? Should we run from schools and keep our kids locked in the house? No, I think it means we should believe our lying eyes. We should see that kids simply don't get that sick. We're not seeing wards, ICUs in pediatric hospitals full of sick kids on ventilators. When children do get COVID or probably more rel uh, reliably test positive for uh, RNA fragments of COVID, they simply don't get that sick. This buttresses the idea kids need in-person schools and they need to go five days a week and we need to get the show on the road, just like they're doing in Sweden and a number of other European countries. Here's an interesting point, Dr. Smith. Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, is often saying that, look, we just need to listen to the scientists. It, it, not, not, not scientists who are actually treating patients, but the scientists. But behind the scenes, we found out something different. She reportedly said to Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows that Dr. Deborah Burks is the worst. Wow, what horrible hands you're in, Pelosi said. So I guess if you don't preen for the cameras and pose for People magazine, Pelosi uh, trashes you. What? Okay, so what's the difference here? There's no difference. Do you see the common enemy now? Do you see that it is our government officials, right? Those in power and the mainstream media that are trying to maintain that common enemy. You know, the climate thing is kind of a fizzle for those that are still around that haven't really bitten a chunk off of it with the whole turtle movement, the whole, there's so much garbage. Oh, the whole ozone's going to kill us. The whole, we don't have enough trees. The whole, we're all melting, man. It's called science. The globe turns, climate changes, that's the way life is. Let's pull out the cores of the earth and find that as science rather than have big organizations. What did we see here? The Bible of medicine was violated and used for propaganda to shut the whole world down and put you in your home so they can control you, eliminate you, enslave you. Do you see the common enemy now? 
climate change is about government change. It is about their change because they don't want you in control. They don't want you to have knowledge, period. They want to control how you think, how you walk, how you talk, how you eat. They're trying to change you to fit their evolution, their idea how we should evolve, not your own innate right to. And just to finish this off, even though we know that they are holding us hostage with fake news, handing more rights over to these international organizations. We heard this first on Tucker, but here's the new deal. And CNN just jumped on the wagon today on August 1st. Take a listen. Probably time to stop calling people who believe in UFOs crackpots after the recent revelation that there's actually a Pentagon task force looking into them. One astrophysicist who has worked for the Pentagon's UFO program since 2007 told the New York Times that he gave a classified briefing to a Defense Department agency about retrievals from, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Are we on the brink of full disclosure about visitors from outer space? Joining me now is Christopher Mellon. He served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence during the Bill Clinton and George W. Bush administrations. He also co-hosts Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation on the History Channel. So, Chris, I sense that there has been a sea change recently in the way in which these reports are being carried and covered. What accounts for it? What has gone on recently? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, You're absolutely right. And a good example of the sea change is the fact that uh, none other than, than Scientific American itself has published an article saying the subject ought to be taken seriously and investigated by the scientific community. I think this change is largely a result, primarily a result of the fact that the Defense Department and the Navy themselves have stood up and publicly acknowledged that this phenomenon is real, that this is happening, that our Navy pilots are encountering these vehicles. And so that imparts a credibility that simply did not exist prior to, prior to that time. I was quoting Eric Davis. I know you're familiar with his work when I read that, that uh, New York Times paragraph a moment ago. Do you believe that there are objects in our possession, broadly defined our possession, that are from something other than this earth? What I will say about that is that I think that assertion should be taken seriously. Um, I, I'm aware of, I know Eric very well. Um, I understand his arguments. Uh, I was present at his briefings, uh, on the Hill and, uh, he tried to provide some leads for them to follow, to, uh, enable them potentially to confirm this. Um, it, it is an issue that should be taken seriously. In fact, curiously, President Trump himself on Father's Day indicated, um, uh, on, on air while being filmed, that uh, he did have classified information about uh, Roswell, New Mexico, which is, as most people know, is the uh, legendary site of an alleged craft, uh, crash of a, uh, of a UFO. Wow. The fact that they have to eat crow after all these years to kind of come out and say, well, you know... <laughs> See, this is why we came back at this time. See, this is where you need to see how you're being hijacked. So now they're pandering 
to everyone who knew that was ridiculed. And here comes a guy that was sitting on those secrets, right, as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Defense Intelligence for both the Clinton and the Bush administration, telling you, yeah, you know, we need to take this seriously. Man, stop. <laughs> the population is actually woke. See, now we need another common enemy. Climate change is not working fast enough. Why? Because a person like President Trump came out and he's telling them how powerful they are. He's telling them that they can think for themselves. He's telling them that you can all work in unity. You don't need any division and you don't need someone telling you when to eat, when to sleep, when to walk, when to talk, what to read, what to think, how to work, nothing. You could do it independently because that's what the beauty of freedom is. Oh, no, no, no. Darn it, we got to hurry up. Boom, boom, let's race this up. Race to win the war against climate. It's not about climate change, it's about system change. They're telling you. Then they're like, whoop, coronavirus. Now we got to all stay away from each other because each and every one of us is an enemy. And then what? <laughs> this. And uh, when asked by his son about that, about declassifying it, he said, I'll have to think about it. I don't know what there is about Roswell that could be classified or interesting other than that one particular uh, issue. So uh, there is a lot of, of new press and new information coming forward. Uh, and again, as I said, I think this is a, a topic that the oversight committees should take seriously and investigate. It's the only thing missing from this election. Who knows what the next 90 days brings? This is a, this is a global issue. Well said. Well, wow. Did we just get a bout of truth from CNN? Well said. That's all we're missing right now is aliens. Now the Pentagon comes out. Can you see how we have war within our own administration? Like, why would the Pentagon feel? While everyone's locked in their home, while everyone, we can control what they say, see, hear, while we can control the flow of knowledge they have right now, while everyone is terrified, let's just throw in aliens to the mix. Sounds like a great idea. Super great idea. This is not a Right. This is not a United States issue. Are there other countries that have taken a lead in the exploration of this subject? Absolutely. In fact, we are behind uh, several other countries. Uh, France, for many years, has had an official uh, process involving their, their national security. Wait a minute. Where do we hear this? Oh, yeah, that little map from the Club of Rome. It's about... The it's not about global governance, uh, about a global government government. It's about global governance. And we have to learn to come together with one goal on an international level, not just a national people and nations are beginning to agree to take the next steps together. Huh? Where do we hear that? Oh, so now they're going to pull this one. I don't think so, man. We got Space Force already mitigating. Try it. What are you going to do? Tell us to show our faces. It's not going to happen either. So this is the thing. Let the people see it for themselves. Mm? But no, they want to throw everything at you. Plagues, locusts. Now we've got cicadas that are going to make you turn into. Now we got the walking dead threat, right? Uh, new. What was the report? New cicadas with uh, brain fungus. So it's a specific fungus that crosses the brain, uh, the blood brain barrier. And uh, it makes you zombie-like and makes you go crazy. Great. We're going to start eating brains, too. That's all we were missing. Well, wait. Here's how they tie it all in. Security uh, forces and police forces, every year they examine a number of cases and, and bring in outside scientists. Uh, a lot of that information is public. 
My colleague Lou Elizondo has uh, uh, made trips both to Italy and South America, and we present a lot of this information on our show, as well as a lot of information from uh, current and former U.S. military personnel and their experiences. But you're absolutely right. This is not unique to the United States. Uh, and further, uh, our military personnel have similar experiences when they're deployed abroad in the Middle East and Afghanistan and elsewhere. So um, by all accounts, it is definitely a worldwide phenomenon. The final question. Wait, before we get to the final question, let's remember this. Let's remember this reality hijack. Well, insertation, warning, I guess. Because it happens throughout TV, cartoons. You see us. We're there. We're telling you the future. We're giving you some. Uh, what was the latest one? Was um, Dead Zone, right? Did you guys see that one? Wow. Can't play it because uh, this will be banned. But how about this one? Listen to this. This was interesting, right? And how people thought it was real. Oops. Problem on the sound right there. Here we go. The following message is transmitted by request of the United States government. Reports are coming in from officials of the undead rising from their graves and attacking the living in several states across the country. They include Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the District of Columbia. This is a widespread crisis. And it is believed that these undead creatures, best described as zombies, will make their way to nearby states within the next few hours. Civil authorities want to warn the public about the dangers of these zombie creatures. They are extremely dangerous, and will try to devour any human flesh they can find. To stay safe, the following actions are being recommended. Stay away from these zombies. Find shelter or refuge in a secure location that has all windows and doors blocked. If you are at home, board up all doors and windows to avoid these creatures from getting inside, and have a good amount of food and water to last during this disaster. It is uncertain whether this situation will last for hours, days, weeks, or even longer. Stay calm, as authorities have been dispatched to deal with these creatures despite that some areas could be at risk for declaring martial law. An all-clear siren will be sounded once this situation is under control. Yep. So now we have zombie cicadas out. <laughs> That's all we needed, zombies, too. So we got aliens, we got zombies, we got everything, right? Zombies, aliens, you name it, we have it. They've brought it. It's election year. And it's an election that they can't afford to lose because this is where they go extinct. All of them go extinct. This is why they are fighting so hard. Can you see the climate change hoax? Can you see your children being used as pawns? For those of you that haven't seen the article, let's take a look at it together. Pretty interesting it is. Oh, look. An invasion. Asian hornets have arrived. Humans are not the only ones susceptible to the psychedelic chemicals found in magic mushrooms. Zombie cicadas under the influence of a parasitic fungus have reemerged in West Virginia. Great. So we're going to the Appalachians. We're going to the gun tooting town where people live on buses to infect their friends. Now scientists have a better understanding of how it happened. 
researchers from West Virginia recently saw the return of these bizarre creatures, which are infected with a fungus called Massaspora. According to the study published, of course, <laughs> of course, the fungus manipulates the insects to unknowingly infect cicadas, rapidly transmitting the disease to create a zombie army of sorts. When the male one is infected with Massospora, researchers found it flicks its wing like a female. A known mating call, this behavior attracts healthy males and uh, facilitating the fungus containing chemicals. So they're telling you how it transmits. Oh, look at that. Findings on how the parasite functions is sexually transmitted infection. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Look. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right. So now we have murder hornets. We've got zombie, <laughs> sexually transmitted zombie bugs. We've got aliens, right? But we also have climate, right? Farts from cows. You know, can you see the antennae? Told you this summer was going to be cray cray, didn't I? Up until labor. Look at everything they've pulled out. I mean, the best answer is just to defund the UN. Apparently, the WHO runs everything in regards to health. IMF runs everybody's pockets except for the United States. Remember, they broke up in Canada. Remember, President Trump walked out on that meeting. He didn't even sign the communique. He said, see ya. So, what you need to understand is that we are in control. We're 20 million steps ahead. And for all of you out there, oh, they're going to do, they're going to do, they are going to do, they are going to bring it because again, climate change is not about the climate. Climate change is about their extinction, their extinction of power. They don't have it. They're done. They're dusted. And just to close it, after all, the whole world is, um, working together against aliens here's the final question from cnn <laughs> kind of let it fizzle like this <laughs> just hear hear them out can technology alone account for what you and i are discussing it occurs to me that by day i make my living by speaking on sirius xm and my voice is bouncing across the united states on a satellite i assume right now this conversation is doing likewise there's a lot of stuff up in the atmosphere that didn't used to be there. Can that be an explanation or is that too simplistic? I do believe it's too simplistic. And the reason I say that is because in, the, in some of these cases, we have information from multiple radar systems, infrared systems, multiple naval personnel on the ground and in the air. And we're tracking these objects, performing maneuvers that clearly indicate they're under intelligent control. They're responding to our aircraft, they're out maneuvering them, and they're doing things that are far beyond any capability we possess. So that's certainly a, a hypothesis to consider. We have to keep an open mind going forward, but uh, I don't think we're gonna find at the end of the day that that kind of explanation can explain cases like that. So now aliens are here. Aliens are here. No, we've been here. And the thing is, you know what? They watch. They're more advanced. They're from another time. Watching from the moon, standing on it and watching. Nobody said which moon, right? So that concludes today's Saturday uh, insanity wrap. Uh, I'm hoping that tomorrow I have this reporter uh, so we could talk about voodoo donuts, the trafficking. And you know what? Think about it this way power, control, harvesting humans, keeping you under control, climate change, meaning their climate. Climate change is about their extinction, not the plants.
Now they're bringing in all these hornets, zombies, zombie bugs, <laughs> dust bowls, I mean, resurrections, and they're bringing UFOs to the mix when they're not really unknown, man. It's just us at another time. So on that note, I think we're going to close with my favorite song, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Same time. <laughs>